everyone. Welcome back to the Where Your Feet Take You podcast. I'm Kayla Bowker, pro triathlete, mom to two boys, and coach at Where Your Feet Take You Triathlon and Mental Performance Coaching. We are back this week with more of our regular scheduled content with the amazing, amazing Aaron Oliphant, who is co-host, USAT Level 1 triathlete, and most recently a two-time Kona Ironman World Championship finisher. Um, So we're going to do a big debrief today for her um, because I'm really excited for you guys to kind of hear her story and her journey. And honestly, her and I haven't even had a chance to catch up because she took (laughs) vacation afterwards, which was much needed, which was really smart and a good learning that she had from last year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to take vacation after after Kona. Um, so we're going to do a big Kona debrief today for her and kind of he- hear all about her story. Um, but before we dive into that, um, thank you to everybody who follows along with the podcast and, and um, shares. We've had um, some really great episodes lately. And the one with uh, Amy, which is Aaron's mom, is one of our most popular episodes. So if you haven't had a chance, it's about two back I think um from this is was a is a really popular one and a really great one come so go ahead and check that guy out and then if you guys ever do have questions because what we do here on this this podcast is we talk race we go through race results that Aaron and I have both done um so race race previews um race debriefs we answer your questions we talk triathlon life coaching kind of anything and everything in between. So if you ever do have questions for us that you would like us to answer on the podcast, send it to com slash podcast, and we will do our best to answer them. You can also reach out to either one of us on Instagram. It's a great place to find us. And we will, again, always do our best to answer um, the questions. We come to you guys about once a week and then a couple times a month with some guest episodes as well. So we're going to kind of dive on in here and chat with Erin about Kona. She just got back, so she's very tired, um, <laughs> but just got back. And again, for those of you that maybe don't know, this is Erin's second Kona. I know I mentioned that in the inter- not the interview, but the introduction. This is her second Kona World Championship. She, she uh, raced last year um, in a different age group, and this is her fourth. fourth? I yeah, think fourth, Iron that right. fourth full Ironman. So um, she is really amazing. And I'm really excited to kind of hear how she felt about the, the race. And then also kind of, you know, how it was being a woman's only race, which from watching, I was glued to the television, like so much fun to watch. Um, so I'd be interested to hear what kind of what you think about all that stuff. And, but yeah, let's just kind of dive in. How, how, how was travel back? How's the race? Let's hear Trouble it. Back. Trouble back sucked. I had, I was on the red eye and I just had a kid screaming right behind me and kicking my seat for majority of the way back. And I did not take off work the day after. Um, so just have not caught back up on sleep and that's rough. Um, but besides that, Kona was a lot of fun. I took more time after the race this year to just enjoy Kona, um, spend time at the beach. So that was good. Did you guys stay further out or did you stay in uh, Kona? We stayed at the same Airbnb the whole time. That was about 15, 20 minutes south of Kona this year. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So more towards Captain Cook area. Yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't yeah. that far. It wasn't that far south. Um, we were still on Alihi, but just mm, yeah. down. Okay. 
lockdown. That's kind of where we stayed our first year, I think, was all the way, basically all the way to the end of Alihi is kind of where we stayed yeah. um, um, my first year that we went there. And then the other years, we kind of stayed a little bit closer. Um, awesome. Well, uh, let's walk through race day. What, what <laughs> okay. did you think about it? Um, I guess off the bat, like, I'm happy with it. Um, she had a purse or- PR, everybody. <laughs> so for- <laughs> let's, we're going to celebrate Aaron here for a minute. Uh, Aaron had a personal best race day um, and huge bike PR. No mechanical issues for the most part this year. Um, and just all around a really strong day. So, yeah. So I think like, I'm happy with it. Um, but the feeling I feel from this race the most, and I think my biggest takeaway from this race is I'm just excited about my potential in the sport. Um, even though there were like no mechanical stuff, there were some stupid errors that I made during this race, um, that just kind of come from lack of experience. Like I have to remind myself every now and then that this is still only my second full year in the sport, only like my fourth Ironman ever. Um, and it's not like I was doing 70.3s before I jumped to the Ironman distance. I've only done like four of those as well. So I still just don't have a ton of experience. And I think that leads to these silly mistakes sometimes. But the fact that I've improved at the Ironman distance every single race I've done. Um, And I saw some really good things out there, like my bike split. um, That just makes me feel really confident in my future in triathlon, I guess. I think that's something that I'm really glad to hear you say because it's kind of what you and I talked. I talk, I, I kind of told you this about, what was it like six or eight weeks ago when you and I hopped on the phone and you were kind of having a little bit of a meltdown about feeling like you had a lot of putting your pressure on yourself because you have this big goal, maybe wanting to go pro sometime in the, in the future. And like, I was really getting this vibe that you felt like you had to do that all right now. And I, you know, my big thing was, okay, we got to pump the brakes, right? Because I've told you this before, like this idea of that none of this is a right now plan right? This is a long yeah. game. This is a long-term plan. You're, you were so, you're so new to the sport. It's even like when we've had conversations about like, Oh, you know, you asking like, okay, do we need to implement speed work into my running? And I was like, well, not yet because long game, you're not ready for it. Like we're, we're building kind of that chassis and that, that, this, that's a great example too, of how you got to build, you got to build knowledge, in the sport, you got to build base in the sport. You have to build resilience within the sport. Like all these things are, you have to continue to build and they take time and they take experience. And, um, and so I think to me, that's like the most exciting thing that I could ever hear you say, because that's what I see for you. And for you to actually leave something like, okay, yes, I see, I, I see the potential. I see the growth and I just now have to be patient and work for it is awesome. And exciting. Yeah. So that was kind of my biggest takeaway. So I guess I can just start at the morning of the race and go through it for those who are yeah. interested. Um, yeah, let's do a so, touch point on all touch points on all the pieces because yeah. You know, Kona is such a great and amazing race and there's so many nuances to it that are different than a lot of other ones just with the ocean swim and and the bike and you know the run being so challenging yeah just yeah, yeah. let's hear it 
So getting ready for Kona and just being on the island doing like those practice ocean swims, the water felt very warm to me. Um, and I do not like warm water. I get very hot very quickly in it um, and have a hard time regulating my temperature. So I knew I wanted to back off the swim just a touch. Um, and I had prepared for a slower time mentally, not because of the water temperature necessarily, but because of what happened in July to my shoulder and just not being able to be in the water as much kind of during July and August. I also had the goal with the swim not to get hit in the head. And I did a good job of creating a little bubble around me and I might have swam wide, but ultimately I felt good on the swim. It was definitely a little hot, but I don't think slowing down any more than I had already kind of planned on help would have helped. Um, But I thought it was very hot. I got out of the water. I mean, (laughs) it's just not much to report on the swim for me. Um, Like I starting being the second to last wave did suck. I did not enjoy that at all. Um, Especially as a strong swimmer. Like that's you're basically just swimming through people. Yeah. Um, which side note, if everyone can learn how to swim in a straight line, that would be much appreciated. The <laughs> amount of people I had that like all of a sudden would just like start turning and swimming diagonal. <laughs> and like yeah. I swam for a few people and I felt bad. I didn't mean to, but all of a sudden they just started going sideways. Oh no. <laughs> anyway. Um, so when I got out of the water and I saw it was 5430, which was only about 30 seconds slower than I was last year, I was really happy with that um and excited to get out onto the bike got out onto the bike and it was pretty crowded before turning onto the queen k um which is one of those areas too where i think i have a lot of room for growth i'm just not used to riding with people um because during non-championship events ironmans are always seated by your swim time um which means I start first. I'm usually out of the water first and I'm onto the bike course first. Yeah. So um, you do a lot of solo TTing until the men come by you. Yes. Normally. So I'm not used to the dynamics of passing people and like the surges that require to get past like a group of 30 people riding together and everything. But I thought I was doing okay at it. I don't know. It felt good. My bike felt pretty good until about mile 60. Um, I think the new thing for this race is I really didn't look at my power at all. I kind of just did it okay. based on feel. Um, was, yeah. And that was going well until about mile 60 of the bike where I just started feeling extremely nauseous and was kept like throwing up all my nutrition in my mouth, which was really pleasant. And talking to you after the race, I think we can bring it back to me saying I was really hot during the mm-hmm. swim. Because I was probably sweating a lot more than I normally do during an Ironman swim. And I did not replace that salt after getting out of the water. And in a race like Kona, where it's hot the entire time and you're sweating the entire time, if you're not making up that lost sweat from the swim right away, it's going to come back and bite you later on. And I think that's what happened on the bike. Your Um, mom texted me when you got off of the bike, I think. And I texted her back and I said, she needs to find salt. That's what you need to get into your system. Yeah. Um, She's like, I don't think she has any. And I was like, well, then she needs to take Gatorade. I don't care. (laughs) No, and I did have salt. I I mean, after 
after I got off the bike, I poured like half a salt tube in my mouth. It took a bit for that to kick in. And I mean, I went 50 miles on the bike, just having an extremely difficult time holding down calories. And unfortunately, when you go that long without it, it's kind of hard to make it up. And I was throwing up again for the first like eight miles of the run. And I just I start not a single step of that run felt good. Oh, Um, no. And that was the part you were the most excited about. I (laughs) I was so excited for it. But anyway, the bike wrapped up fine. I backed off a bit because I knew I wasn't getting enough calories in. So I just wanted to take a little off the intensity to try and save something. I mean, I was able to... Very smart. Yeah, I was able to force all my bottles down. um, But like when it came to gels and eating, I mean, even with the bottles, I was throwing up a bit, but it was fine. But the run I started, I took in a ton of salt and I just tried to keep my feet moving. Just told myself to get to Polini and I'd try and reset. But I just, I felt bonked before I even started the run. (laughs) Yeah, low low on calories is what I have never been so close to calling medical. Like everything just felt dizzy. Like I felt like I was going to fall over and fall asleep. Um, My legs were low blood sugar. Higher time, but. I just kept telling myself I had too good of a swim bike to not PR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just had to keep my feet shuffling and that I had extra time because I had such a good bike. I mean, I got off the bike. I don't even think I said this. I got off the bike and I was 30 minutes faster than I was last year yep. and 10 minutes faster than I've ever been on the bike. And my bike PR was from a course with 4,000 feet less of elevation gain. Mm-hmm. And I took a wrong turn coming into town. So I had, yeah. I went like a minute past the turn and you turned and came back because I realized oh, no. it was wrong. Um, anyway, one of those beginner mistakes too. Mm-hmm. I'm all over the place this podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the run was rough. I got to Polini. I walked, was hoping I could reset and just there wasn't anything in my legs. Um, around mile eight and a half, I saw Alex from Koo and it was just nice to like have someone out there at that point supporting me. He's like, just keep shuffling, just keep shuffling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, and that's what I did. And I mean, it sucked. I like, I even look at my photos from the finish line and finishing that was just like a look of relief because it's just so relieved I finally got to the finish line and could sit down. Um, but like, I take that run back to just not taking in the salt after the swim. And that's just the learning thing. Um, because I know I'm capable of running at least the 350. Like I haven't mm-hmm. done it yet, but like, Based on all my long runs and even yeah. my bricks off my long rides, like a 350 is more than doable for me mm-hmm. for the marathon distance. Um, yeah. And I just didn't put it together that day, but that doesn't mean it's not there. And I still had an Ironman PR by nine minutes and a course PR by 13 minutes. Um, on, a, think, on, a, on a hard course. I mean, even though it's not technically a hard course, Kona is a hard course. Yeah. So I'm happy with it. It's It wasn't the day I envisioned. Um, but like, I also never thought I'd be a 525 on the bike at Kona this year. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. really exciting to me. So 
Yeah. And, you know, so for those of you, we keep, Aaron keeps mentioning this, this salt piece. And what, what I'm get what we're getting at with this is one of the things that happens um, and why salt or sodium, you know, very specifically, you know, a lot of times we talk about salt is so, so important is because it helps with, um, helps with keeping ion channels, sodium ion channels open within your system, which is sodium ion channels are what help to actually send the nerve impulses to your muscles to kind of get muscles moving. If you don't have enough sodium, those shut down, then your muscles start to shut down. On top of that, sodium also helps to keep um, osmolarity within your gut. So with Erin, what I am hypothesizing happened is she got really behind on sodium. And so then her osmolarity within her gut, um, so kind of homeostasis within her gut, got off and her gut basically said, no, I can't do anything with these calories that you're putting in and we don't want them because you're messing up with how our gut is supposed to function. So I'm going to make you throw it up. And then obviously, right. And then she can't get it down because she's throwing it up and her, because her body's rejecting it. Right. So this is all this huge, wonderful feedback loop. Right. And so then, and then, and then she doesn't have enough calories in her system and not probably not enough sodium in her system. And so she is basically getting, you know, blood sugar crashes, muscles, not wanting to work, low energy. Right. So that's kind of why what I was, you know, kind of why this piece was so important. And when you're in really, really, um, even though Aaron, Aaron trains in really hot climates, it's a very dry climate and a humid climate you sweat differently than a very hot climate. And, and so a lot of times, like I find that even, you know, here in Arizona, I just need my electrolytes that I'm consuming in, in my drinks. But every time I have raised Kona personally, I have gone through like two to three packets of salt stick chews, which I don't even know how many salt, but I will go through them way faster and more than I will in any other race. And it's just the humidity, um, kind of makes you sweat a little bit differently. So that's what um, her and I have briefly chatted about. And, um, you know, I think is a really big, important piece. And so it is why one of the things that's really important is to do, you know, sweat testing. You know, you, there's a lot of places that you can use. Like um, recently I had an athlete, Sam, who we had her do a sweat testing um, with a Gatorade patch. And it was very informative. So sweat testing is important. Um, kind of paying attention to those things is a uh, really important kind of thing to, you know, practice. Um, yeah. so. And for me, it's like, I've done that stuff and I'm aware of how much I sweat. Um, but I think, however, just, it also changes over time. You it does. It um, and I think like, I've never had an issue with it previous races, but I've never also had a swim this hot. And I do know, I guess last Kona, but, um, I was also, kind of doing the race i'd say at a less intensity i that guess was gonna be my next comment <laughs> um, <laughs> you're right you are now racing at a higher intensity yeah so you're burning through things at a very a much higher yeah. rate so your rate has changed yeah and it's like i can look at my power data from my bike and my heart rate data and i don't think i overbiked like i really no, do not think not. that no no that I, was I was not just looking at it <laughs> yeah. nope you bike um, you bike very much within your means yeah um, so I just, I sweat, I think a ton during that swim. I mean, I remember growing up and doing workouts in a pool that was on the hotter end, which is 81, 82, which I think the water at Kona was 81 this year. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like crap during those workouts, like felt the sweat, like in my swim cap. 
like felt my digestive system just mm-hmm. turning like I needed to run to the bathroom. Um, yeah. And I just I should have known to take insult after that swim, but you're so excited to get out onto the bike. And it's that lack of experience where it just like didn't occur to me like, hey, it's really, really important to get salt in right now. Yeah. Um. So I know for next time, and I do think that will make a huge difference and hopefully help me run the run I know I'm capable of doing. Um, mm-hmm. And I still think there's room to improve on the bike as well. Like I just, I don't know how to do the surges properly. I don't know when to really attack a climb. I don't know how to fall back properly. Like I was just sitting up and holding my brakes until I looked like I was like 12 feet back, which is not. Ah, uh, yes. No, that's not a fit. no. <laughs> so like, I still have like a lot of those components to work mm-hmm. out. Um, and I think that all just makes me excited because as I said, like that was still a nine minute distance PR for me on a race where wow. I could have done a lot of things better. And I think that's where like a lot of the excitement for the future comes from. See, and I like that, like to leave a race fan excited about for the things that you learned. And that's one of the the things that's so cool about like why when you look at races, even if it doesn't go the way that you want, like that's an important way to kind of look at it. And I love actually how you looked at that one because you looked at it from an angle of, okay, well, I did these things wrong, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I was wrong. It just means that I need to learn from them and then take them, you know, kind of through the next space. You do, we do that for every, like every single race. I mean, I look back on, on Ironman Texas just this year and I look at it and go, whoa, this was a huge mistake that I made. And I have done quite a, I've done a lot of these and I made a huge mistake in my nutrition at Ironman Texas this year. And so I took that to my learning at um, Tremblant and I had a much better race at Tremblant. So, you know, every, you're always going to be learning and that's, if you can leave races looking at what it is that you've learned and being excited for that, you can leave them in, which with a lot better feeling than, well, you know, it allows you to celebrate a little bit better. And I definitely think you should celebrate because, you you know, we, it was a, a, a much more rocky build for lack of better term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, then, then even last year and, um, and you, you went into it, you executed exactly how we talked about, right? So you followed execution, you did exactly what we talked about and it led to a personal best. And that's amazing. Yeah. And it's funny. I, the whole run, I was like, I'm deferring Ironman Texas. I'm not doing another fucking Ironman. This sucks. (laughs) Then I was laying in bed last night and I was like, like I've talked about, like, maybe I just want to do 70.3s. Maybe I only want to do late season Ironman, but I'm signed up for Texas. And now I'm like, now that I can walk again and don't feel completely depleted. So after the race, like just getting my bike from transition was like this huge struggle because well, I literally last had year in my I system. had my dad I had my dad go do it because <laughs> I couldn't do it. And let I me tell you, race. if you if you don't have a race where you're not questioning why the hell you do this, then you're probably not doing it right. I can't tell you how many races this year, even in seventy point threes, I have been in the middle of it, being like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna get pregnant again and have another baby." Like. <laughs> done with this like forget it so it's it's a normal sentiment yeah 
So stay tuned for that. Haven't decided if, uh, like, oh no, I missed the 70.3 distance. I've toyed around with doing a couple early season 70.3s instead of Ironman Texas. But we will see. It's interesting because I know I can't do world championships next year. Yeah. Um, so does that kind of so. change? Does that maybe change your perspective on the thoughts of doing an early season Ironman? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would for me. It, I get it. it yeah. Makes sense to me. Um, and I guess I really like skiing. So it's like, if I don't do an early season Ironman, I can probably extend my ski season a little longer. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Maybe. We've got time. I'm excited to get back to training now. And I didn't think I'd be excited to get back to training already because heading into yep. Kona, I was really excited for a break. And now I'm like, ah, I'm ready to go again however i did lose toenails because i also made the mistake of letting someone splash water all over me including my shoes at mile mm. one yes big um, mistake. <laughs> yeah huge mistake i think i've lo- already lost one toenail probably gonna lose two more um and have some good blisters on my bunions so. i learned that i learned that at kona 2018 when I did the same thing, I let like there's some like on Alihi, right? They're spraying people down, and I just totally let them do that. And I got done with the race, and I literally could not walk. Brandon had to carry me. I had to ride on his back because my bottoms and my feet had turned raw from how wet they had gotten. Um, and so, yeah, I learned that one the hard a hard way as well. <laughs> so, yeah. so as yeah. soon as uh, I can not have pain from where I lost my toenails. I'm excited to run and bike again. And I would go to the pool. I still might go to the pool today, but driving to the pool is always annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a recovery week. And as you and I talked about, recovery <laughs> weeks after really big races it's are so really important. important. I am like, it. I texted you this, but it breaks my heart how many people I saw back to training the day after Kona and like I knew they raced Kona because they had the tattoos and the wristbands on and it's not like they were just going on like a fun bike ride with the family or going for like a relaxed ocean swim these people looked like they were running hard and panting and stuff and it just it reflects this attitude in the sport that like you have to be training 24-7 to improve and that you can't take a break uh, or like even some people's thoughts are around eating. Like if I don't train, I'm going to gain weight and that's going to make me slower. And it's like your body needs that time to recover after a hard race that you just like pushed your body to its limits. Or even if you yep. didn't, it's still a ton of stress on the body mm-hmm. and you need to let your body recover before going back to just creating more stress. Yep. Yeah, no, especially with really big races like a Kona or a full Ironman. I mean, I always give you, I mean, I always give you, you guys, that's standard practice for me as a coach. If you do a full Ironman, you take an entire week, no structure. And I I usually put in there for my newer athletes or anything like that, maybe not, and I put in there, you're not allowed to run. If you do do anything, it has to be no more than 45 minutes and it has to be conversational effort. Like, that, those are my rules for athletes. And I think it's really important because you need to allow your nervous system, your muscular system, your skeletal system. When you go do an Ironman, you are literally breaking your bones. I mean, because that, that, that's how it works. Like that's actually how we build build fitness is we tear our muscles and we break our bones for, you know, into little small pieces and then they rebuild. I mean, that's a very, very vulgar 
non-scientific <laughs> like statement. There's, there's a lot more nuances that go into that. Um, but you have to allow that to recover. And you can't do that if you go, you know, you can do some flush out work, but it needs to be extraordinarily easy. Um, and I personally, I, I can't do anything the day after an Ironman. I barely, no. usually barely walk. Like I need, I need time but for me. Um, and so I think it's very important. And on that, I like how you actually said that, that statement about um, the eating piece, because I actually had this conversation with an athlete as well, is, you know, a lot of people are kind of moving into like kind of the postseason right now. Um, and one thing that I think is important to kind of challenge is this, is this idea that during the postseason, it's okay to gain weight. And, and in fact, you, you probably should gain a little bit of weight. Um, obviously now we don't want to go binging on, you know, we don't necessarily want to go binging on donuts and ice cream and, you know, gain 15 pounds, but putting on a little bit of weight in the postseason is very healthy for your system. It will actually allow you to build strength and power across all disciplines and it'll kind of reset your hormones, your nervous system. It's going to just reset your system a lot. And it, it's going to help you to actually adapt, heal, recover from the year that you put in, and then make you stronger for the coming year. So, you know, I, it's important to, you know, we can't be at our quote unquote, and I really hate using this term, race weight. I, again, don't like using it, but we can't be at like your weight ideal. Ah, and again, not even good terms, because I'm going to get messages from people that are like, you talked about race weight. What do you mean? Neither Aaron, neither one of us think there is a uh, thing called race weight, but there is a usually oftentimes just naturally your body loses a little bit of weight in a big block potentially. Fun fact, I did not this training cycle. My weight has been about yeah. the same since January of last year um, same. to put it out there and it, I still PR'd. So yeah, uh, I love that you just said that. Mine has too. I haven't. In fact, I actually gained weight for... I gained weight at for Tremblant. Yeah. I don't know if that was good or not, but I did. And yeah. I didn't it just was what it was. Um so yeah, anyways, important to kind of not be afraid to put on a little bit of weight and it, it's healthy and it's good for your system. Um you need to allow your body to have space to gain power and strength in the postseason that you can then utilize um, and carry for, you know, the coming season that you have, you know, in the next year. So I think it's a, an important thing to do. Um, not a bad thing. Um, I think my coach used to tell me that she wanted me to put on like five pounds. I didn't, was never able to really do that. I just, but that was her point was it's okay. Cause that's where you gain power and strength. Cause then you can, you know, you have the energy to put on, you know, to, to, do more so okay what was your what was your thinking on because it was a women's first women's only race yeah what did you think I just don't care that much <laughs> I know I guess that's kind of what I you know <laughs> you were there to race for yourself right yes. <laughs> like, like I women. think the energy was really any different than it was when the men were there um I guess I've never like raced Kona on the same day as most of the men. I mean, last year there were men on the course because I think like three age groups raced the same day. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but men do participate in all the other Ironmans. I just don't notice a difference. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm very in my own world on race day. Um, but, it, I mean, anything to keep congestion off the course is cool mm-hmm. with me. So, I don't know. I guess, I like, I... I think it's different for people like the triathlete couples who race with their significant other and would love to do Kona with them, but that's not the situation I'm in. And I mean, as far as energy go, I think the women's race just brought us just as much energy as the men. I don't well, know more. It, okay. Yeah. So the, um, the stats are showing more. There was think- more people that watched the women's race. This was one of the first races that every single person that started the race finished within the cutoff time for the swim, which yeah. is amazing. That is, that is amazing. so cool. And um, I think, I think the DNF rate, rate was, was really low. Yeah, it was like, I think 98% of people finished, mm-hmm. which is really good. Um, um, I think the, medi- the median time, the median, like, or median time of, like, people, what time they finished was um, a lower time than normal. Um, and the, again, the ratings for the women's race was a lot higher than the men's race, which is really cool. Well, I enjoyed watching the race from, uh, the course. I mean, I started- Did you get to see the women? I did. Um, so, I mean, like I noticed on the bike that Kat wasn't out there and that made me sad. I know. Um, because I really like her. But I was also I I said I wanted Lucy to win and she did so in amazing fashion. Yeah, I saw her fly by on the bike and there was no one with her and I was like, damn, good for her. And then mm-hmm. I saw her run down Alihi and I was still walking up Polini, I think, when she was crossing the finish line and I could hear the announcers and then I heard Ann Hogg get second and but then I think when Laura Phillip finished, I was a little too far, but. Um, mm-hmm. I always enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah. It was really, really those, fun to watch. Those women deserve to have all the broadcast attention on them. 100%. Um, so even if they like stick to the two-day format, um, I I don't care where the race. I don't know. I, just, I don't care. I think do, the women pros, though, do deserve their own day. I think I agree with you. I, I, I don't know if I love... Well, one, I don't really love that, like, there's, like, a, almost a month difference in between. Like, I just feel like, I feel like that downplayed, like, almost downwatered the men's race a little bit. I also um, just think world championships should be at the end of the, towards, like, October, November, yes. December, generally. Agreed. Like, yep. I think it should be the wrap-up of a season. But. Mm-hmm. And then any other racing is just kind of racing. Um but I really don't think we can ever go back to not having the women have their own day. We've, to me, that'd be going backwards. Like we've shown, women are showing, we're standing up. We are showing that people want to watch the women race. And it, 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 should, it should not be, to me, it should not even be a thing anymore. This question of, are people going to watch the women race? Across all discipline, all sports, women are showing that when you put women there to watch them people will show up people will watch women's soccer women's one of the women's basketball game at march madness games had some of this year for college had one of the highest number of ratings like you put women there we will show up we will perform and we will put on a show 
We know how. We are just as good, just as strong, just as amazing. We deserve our spot spotlight. So I don't think you can ever go back to that because um, I think we've shown, we've proven over time and time again that we're we're just as, just as fun to watch. Um, but I do, I don't know if I like the split personally. Yeah. Dilutes a little bit of it for me. I do think it takes some of the excitement away. I don't, I love Kona. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also do think there's value in doing a world championship in other places because Kona is very particular favors a type of athlete over another type of athlete. Um, and I think it would be fun for athletes of different strengths to attack different styles of world championships. Like I like the fact that Nice is a way more technical bike course. Mm -hmm. I think that will add a fun dynamic to the race next year. Um, but I would like to see the race in Kona at least like once every three years. Right. Yeah. Like if it could rotate, you know, on a three year time frame, like do Kona, then you do Nice and then maybe you do Australia. I don't know. Or like maybe somewhere else in America or whatever. Give I, the you know. natives of Kona enough of that entry fee to make it worth their while to host a two-day event. <laughs> right? There you go. <laughs> yeah. No. So, but all in all, I think it was a really exciting, it was a really fun race. It was really fun to watch you um, from my tracker. I think <laughs> there was potential I saw you on the broadcast. I'm not 100% sure, but I was watching and I, you were come like the tracker and the thing kind of aligned. At one point, so I was like, mm, that might have been Erin. That kind of looked like her kit, but it was like a helicopter shot, and so I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I loved my kit. I loved my kit. I loved my bike. You looked so good. <laughs> you know, so with the bikes, that is one point that is, I think is also a really good point here. One of the reasons I do think you were faster is this bike fits you a lot better. Oh, you I are in a more aggressive so position. You are in a, um, you can have a smoother pedal stroke. And I think that's a really important kind of piece for everybody to think about when you're on a bike is there, there is a lot to be said about being able to be in a position that is better fit for you and allow you to be faster and smoother. So, you know, that's why bike, good bike fits are super important. Getting pre-fitted, you got pre-fitted for this bike so that it was, you know, the right bike for you. Um, those things are worth the time and the money and the effort to do. It felt and I think so paid good. Off for like, my pedal stroke feels so natural on it. Like I think my cadence was higher because it just like flowed better. It wasn't as jerky. And also just a side note, the coup team is the most like supportive group of people and like the most hype group out there like whether you're part of their next gen program or you just bought one of their bikes like they were there supporting all of their athletes so huge shout out to ku because i just they were awesome to have there and That's i love awesome. that bike so much yeah i just looked at your training peaks and your your cadence was higher than normal which is good i mean one you're gonna be faster and also what I am seeing is that your um, pedal stroke on each side is almost exact, is pr pretty much as good as you can get. 
it was like 48.7 and 51 point something, which that's almost about as even as you get for most people. Whereas previously, I would have to look back, but I have a feeling I remember being way off. I think my left is way higher than my right, Mm -hmm. if I remember right. Yeah. Um, And that also contributes a lot. Like, I bet we'll see less niggles. Your back's going to have less issues. Your hips are going to have less issues. Um, You know, these are random side notes that um, as we're talking, I'm (laughs) kind of thinking of. Um, But so, yeah. Awesome. Um, I'm so excited to race a 70.3 on that bike, too, because my bike split to 56 was the fastest I've been this year. And I think probably like my second or third fastest 56 mile bike split. So I was like, Ooh. I knew I was in a good spot when I saw that. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, we're in a good spot awesome. right now. Well, then we need to find you. We need to find you some 70.3s to do. I know. Well, I just, I miss, so I, that's the thing is I love the Ironman distance for one reason, but I haven't been able to like, forget strategy and kind of just race in a while and I mean there's still strategy and like reserve in a 70.3 um but not as much and like mm-hmm. I just miss that atmosphere yeah. a little bit yeah there's more of a go 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 like just just yeah. you don't have to think you just race you don't fear it field. like even if mm-hmm. you die it's like okay I can get through mm-hmm. 13 miles getting yep. through 26 is a different beast and yes there's a lot more uh, execution planning for a uh, full yeah um, but i get it there's something about the full distance that just really like pulls you in even i like i i kind of had told myself i wasn't going to do any fulls next year um because to do really well as a professional in the iron man full distance iron man you know space you really do have to have time for like 26 plus hours a week and 26 is like the max I can handle. I just, I'm more of, even that would be, that'd be a big week for me. It'd be really hard with, with the kids, with the business train. Like I just, I just don't have that capacity in my life. Um, you know, the, the kids really make, make that hard. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to do 70.3s because one, I almost think they favor me really well as a, as a more power athlete. And I can kind of manage about 22 hours a week and do really well. Let me tell you, watching Kona made <laughs> me really go, really th- rethink that. Um, and then on top of that, the new pro series. Yeah, good uh, for I'm, I'm a big fan yes. of doing more I, for the pros. Me too. And it really, I think it'll help people like myself. Hopefully, you know, my, my hope is that a lot of the, the PTO athletes, you choose one or the other because otherwise it's not fair. So people like myself, um, but but I do think it'll favor you know. So one of my goals next year will be to try to get into the top fifty in the Ironman. Yeah, uh, I think that's a great series. Cool. I'm hoping yeah. with the PTO expanding, like I know I saw, I think it's Singapore that they're adding an age group. Um, race. I hope they do that at more of them because that's distance. I think I could really. I mean, I've mentioned it. I that distance yeah. really excites me. So if I can find an age group race that's affordable to travel to for, for that distance i for sure want to do one of their 100k races i think so too i think that's a great distance for you i would love to do the pto distance i think that's a really awesome distance um but as a professional it's really hard to get into yeah it's so hard <laughs> um, but 
yeah, that pro series is really intriguing because so the other reason I was mentioning that is because for an Iron Man you get more points. So yeah. It's like, okay, do you try to fit yeah, an Iron know. Man in uh, and try to get a few more points to then you know kind of boost that that side of things. So it'll be interesting. Uh, race planning. I still got more a couple more races left this year, so I got to get through those and then figure out the season. But um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, how I think it plays I'm out for people gonna hope races don't sell out because i'm not ready to commit to anything right now i think you'll be okay for a little bit longer i mean there are some that like if you were saying you wanted to do oregon 70.3 you'd have to go buy that right now it's almost sold out (laughs) Um, i do not want to do oceanside either which also sells um unfortunately i think that's gonna end up being on my schedule but um (laughs) it makes sense for it to be on there but i don't love it it, (laughs) It's a uh, uh, pro. It's on the pro series. Um, yeah, pro series pay- lineup, and it has pro it's field, easy, right? So. It's easy to travel to. I mean, mm-hmm. look, I think it's probably a great race. I just, it's not my type of course. I guess it, it's just challenging. I think it's a right. We talked about this. I think it surprised both of us. Yeah, and I don't Neither mind one of challenging us courses. Like challenging courses do not scare me. Like I did Coeur d'Alene and I, I think is one of the harder courses. Mm-hmm. I just did not like the type of hard it was. I don't like how many turns there are on the piers of the run to go up and down and up and mm, down. And yes, that I was fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, maybe I'll return man. one day, but it will not be. Right. <laughs> not be next year. Um, awesome. Well, um, what was your favorite, before we sign off, what was your favorite part about the world championships um i mean all of it and none of it right (laughs) um i mean i just i i enjoyed the bike through mile 60 like Mm -hmm. i felt so good and it's so in control until i didn't and just started to feel dizzy and like i was gonna throw up every time i took a sip of my bottles so yeah well that first six is really good and it was a lot well, of fun. I knew, I knew I was flying at that point. You were. <laughs> and like, just felt so in control. So, Well, and that's a perfect timing because then right miles around mile 60, you kind of have to start going back up that really big hill to get back on the pink K and then you're back on the pink K and it gets rolly and it gets hard and it's long. And yeah. <laughs> it's like not a good time to feel like garbage. No, so. it wasn't. It was not ideal. And like a bunch of people I saw past me who I like kind of recognized them and would have loved to like put in the effort to try and keep up with a little bit. And I just wasn't going to happen. Like I knew I couldn't push my effort anymore at that point because I knew I was down on calories. And that right there. So like, right, you talked about this idea of like learning, but that is something that I know that you've learned. Like that is staying within your zone, right? Knowing, okay, I, I, the calories haven't been going the way that I want. I have to adapt my execution plan. I can't maybe attack here. I can't search here. I had to learn, not like learn not to. And yeah. so, you know, hey, there's one piece that you've definitely picked up over the years. Yeah. And those are just the little things that you learn as you race. More. And ultimately, those decisions are what led me to still PR is because mm-hmm. I was able to, even though it wasn't a fast run, I was able to stay moving during the run, um, which allowed me to PR. So. So awesome. 
All righty. Well, we are going to probably sign off here for today. Next week, we'll be back with questions for you guys. Um, so again, if you have them, send them our way. Um, we'll come back with answering your guys' questions and um, talking again, all things triathlon and everything in between. So yeah. congratulations, Aaron, on an amazing race. We're really oh, thank you. you. Sorry, I was all over the place this episode. I clearly am behind on sleep and my thoughts are not going together in a Great. Hey, you know what? Those are the, those are the, they're my favorite. Those are my favorite episodes. Like, honestly, even like when I listen to other people's podcasts, like, so for example, like that triathlon life, like my favorite episodes are when they start to go off, off tangent and they stop, like, kind of get a little bit rambly or a little bit silly <laughs> and not really focused because then you're actually hearing kind of the, the real parts of them and not just like answering a question. So. Hey, we're here for it. That's part of what we are, right? We're a little bit, we're, we're very, we try to be as authentic as possible here. <laughs> so awesome. All right, everybody. We'll chat with you guys next week. Bye, y'all.